0: You are not the boss of me. (laughs) A declaration or one much like it is the proclamation of every child of a certain age, at least at some point. It is a statement of independence and autonomy by someone who is beginning to recognize their own agency and their own personhood which doesn't mean it isn't also really, really obnoxious. One of my children, who will remain nameless to protect his identity, would sometimes declare to me, I am allowed! When, in fact, I had just told him that he specifically was not allowed to do X or Y or Z but the I am allowed was was his way of telling me that he did not like these arrangements in the least and that he had his own ideas and that he was his own person who wanted the world to be a certain way. And while it was annoying at the time, it was also perfectly appropriate and it was also a perfectly reasonable thing for him to do. It was reasonable for him to test the boundaries and to advocate for what he wanted, just as it was reasonable for me and appropriate for me to maintain my boundaries or to to renegotiate them with him. And the hierarchy of, of power in this case and the way it manifested itself was usually fitting. Often, hierarchies can serve the common good. They can support the well-being of a family or of an institution and even of a society. Hierarchies of power are not evil in and of themselves. And yet, and yet we also know that hierarchies can be toxic. They can be oppressive They can be exploitive. We know we live in a world that is very much defined by toxic hierarchies. The socially built hierarchies of gender or of race or of class or of religion or immigration status too often deny the God-given dignity of human beings. We live in a world where too often those in power are considered more valuable or more important or more worthy of respect and consideration than those who lack power. And because this is so, these ones who lack power are often invisible to us. And as such, so is their suffering especially if that suffering is caused by the status quo, caused by the toxic hierarchies at work in the world. And on those rare occasions when we simply can't ignore the suffering of the powerless, then we are usually given plenty of opportunity to find justification for the suffering. We find an excuse and often, we will regrettably say, that's just the way things are. The disciples, James and John, in today's gospel lesson, also grew up in a world of toxic hierarchies. These two brothers grew up in an an occupied country, in the fringes of an empire far away from the seats of power. James and John were, were not born exactly at the bottom of the pyramid of power. After all, their father owned his own fishing business that, that hired others to be workers, but they still knew the indignities that came from being considered nobodies. They knew what it was like to be considered superfluous by their society and by the world. But when they met Jesus, they stopped feeling like nobodies. Jesus singled out James and John when Jesus called them to come and follow him. Jesus invited them to leave their fishing nets behind and come out into the world in service of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus gave them power, power to to heal and to cast out demons and to call people to a life transformed by the gospel. And it's fair to say that all of this really went to their heads. For they had seen Jesus do amazing things. They had seen things like dramatic healings, and mass feedings. They had seen Jesus calm storms. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen him cast out demons. James and John had begun to hope that maybe this itinerant preacher, Jesus, was the Messiah, was the Christ— And the only thing that they could imagine that that meant was that Jesus would soon be ascending to some God-given position of power. Now, yes, they had heard Jesus say he was going to be rejected in Jerusalem. They had heard him say that he was going to be tortured and executed and then be raised on the third day but for the life of them, they couldn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And frankly, they were afraid to ask. Which brings them to this day. Today, James and John worked up the nerve to make a special request. They weren't gonna be nobody's any longer. They go up to Jesus and they ask Jesus, they say, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. For in their minds, Jesus is about to come into his power and when he does, they wanna be right there with him at the top of the pyramid, at the the top of the hierarchy. They wanna be there with him with all the power. Jesus firmly, and I think also gently, tells James and John that they don't know what they're talking about. And if we know the end of the story, then we know the glory that Jesus has coming is the glory of the cross. The places at his right and at his left are not his to give. For it is the Romans who will crucify two bandits in those places. Well, when the other disciples learn that James and John had been so presumptuous, they get angry. Now, I've always figured that they were angry because they were a bit jealous. that They didn't ask first. (laughs) But Jesus sits them all down and once again tries to explain the dynamics of discipleship. Jesus tells the disciples that the world is marked by toxic hierarchies, marked by exploitation and oppression. But Jesus says, it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus rejects the dehumanizing hierarchies of this world, and lifts up a hierarchy based around care and compassion and mutual service. Jesus' followers are not to stand in self-obsessed and egocentric relationships with one another, but rather they are to discover a new life, a transformed life, as they learn to give of themselves. And here's the thing, Jesus is not advocating this way of life for them while at the same time elevating himself, a mistake that the church has too often made throughout the centuries. Instead, the disciples are to live in this way of connection and service with one another because Jesus himself lives in this way. They are to serve because Jesus serves. Their lives are meant to be marked by the same pattern of behavior as Jesus. They are to be marked by the same self-giving love as the one who is their teacher and their Lord. This life of self-giving love goes all the way down with Jesus. For as he makes clear, It is leading him to the cross. Jesus will give his life as a ransom, which is to say as a liberating means of freeing people captured. Captured by the powers of sin and death. Captured by the power of broken interpersonal relationships and egocentrism. To the eyes of all, this giving of his life and suffering will look like failure. It will look like weakness. It will look like defeat. But when Jesus is raised on the third day, what is revealed is that God's lo- way of love is mightier than all that would dehumanize or degrade. God's power is revealed in what looks like weakness, but is indeed true strength. James and John are on a journey of discovery. They were never nobodies. Indeed, in God's eyes, each person is beloved. Each person is sacred. Each person is somebody worthy of love and respect. James and John have mistakenly assumed that They must adopt the world's values in order to be somebody, they have to be at the top of the hierarchy, at the top of the pyramid to be somebody. But thank God for Jesus' compassion and patience with them. Thank God because we too are on the same journey. We too must learn humility we too must learn a sense of spiritual poverty. As we walk with Jesus, then we will come to know that our true lives, our true meaning and purpose, and indeed our true freedom and power will be found as we come to participate in the pattern of self-giving love revealed in Christ. We will not find freedom, we will not find joy in forms of power that dominate and denigrate. Rather, we will find a deeper power, a more true power, as we come to stand in solidarity with others in acts of service and acts of compassion. Jesus calls his followers, calls his church to embody and reveal the power of his way of life, of his way of love. We are to serve others by living for values that are beyond and greater than ourselves. This is God's true power, the power of service and the power of love. Amen.